Alright, we are in Psalms chapter 37, and I want you to notice the first two words in verse 1. This is where we get the title for the message this morning. It says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. And we're going to see this phrase used three times just in this chapter. And we don't use this word that often or that phrase, fret not that often in our modern vernacular, even though that word is still used sometimes. But um, this is something that is very important we take a look at. And whenever we do fret, we are uh, specifically about these things that God said not to fret over. We are in disobedience. We are in just direct disobedience to what God said to do. And I want us to help us understand this sin and why it's so bad and what we're doing as we go through this. But let's keep reading a little more of this passage. And so the reason he's saying not to fret because of evildoers, because they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Have you ever looked at people doing wrong and you just, you know, nobody's going to admit it, but you do, you get a little envious. You know, I think a lot of times young people, especially who don't understand the consequences of sin yet, They'll often see other young people committing certain sins, things that maybe they have a desire to do in their flesh, but they're not allowed to do those things. And they look at that and they like, you know, why can't I do that? But the truth is, you know, those of us who are experienced in life and we've seen a few things, you know, we look, we, we try to figure out how to express to our kids. Don't pay attention to them. You know, don't let that bother you or we don't really say this, but what we probably should say if we're going to get real biblical and use biblical terminology is say, fret not. Because let me tell you, that guy right now that maybe you're envying because he's going, you know, get to do whatever he wants with that pretty girl. I know what she's going to turn into. I know what she's going to turn him into. I know I've seen the future of this story many times. And let me tell you, when it comes to the type of things that people are getting them, getting tempted by and falling for today... It's as predictable as a Hallmark movie, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, just like you watch us and you know what's going to happen. Every one of these things, every time you see these young people being tempted with the lust of the flesh and the opposite sex, we've seen this movie a thousand times and it ends the same way every single time. And those of us who've watched that movie a thousand times, you know, we just we want to tell our kids, right not. It's not going to be worth it. You do things the right way, I promise you, it's going to turn out good for you. I promise you, you are going to be glad that you did this. And so, as as parents, we do. We get it. And and we all, and you know, I even understand too why it's hard for young people to understand some of these things. But either way, at some point, every single young person in here, you know what you're going to have to learn how to do? You're going to have to figure this out at some time. In verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. See, you're watching a lot of young people going after the desires of their flesh and not realizing that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? What you need to do is you just need to trust God and just say, you know what? Forget the things of the flesh. I'm going to find pleasure. I'm going to delight in doing God's will. I'm going to find a way to enjoy doing the things that I know God wants me to do. And I'm telling you, if you do that, he'll give you the desires of your heart. But folks, the desire, the, those desires of your heart are the things that will actually bring you pleasure. Because a lot of times you do, and this is where the heart's tricky. 
you see that lust of the flesh and you think that will fulfill these longings that I have. But that's your but your heart deceives you into thinking it's the things of the flesh. But those fulfillments that you need, those are real things and it's, that it's not even wrong to want to be fulfilled, but they don't get fulfilled by the things of the flesh. They get fulfilled by the things of God. And so if you will take pleasure, if you will delight in just doing God's will, he will give you fulfillment that the lust of the flesh will never, ever bring and never can bring. And so he says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Right now, you're the one that everybody's making fun of. Right now, you're the one people are laughing at. You're the one people are feeling sorry for because, you know, you're from one of those crazy IFB families that aren't allowed to do anything. And, you know, you're a victim of abuse and legalism and all these different things. And they'll, they'll give you grief. But let me tell you, one of these days, the light's going to shine. One of these days, the sun's going to come up and we're going to be able to see the reality of the situation. And you know what? Your righteousness is going to shine. Everybody's going to be able to look and say, you know what? We know who did it right. We can now look at the final product and find out, you know, who was right. People will figure it out one of these days. But you know what? Being right sometimes involves going through a period of time where everyone thinks you're wrong. And you know what you just got to do? You just got to keep doing the right thing. And one of these days, one of these days, everybody's going to look back and they're like, you know what? He knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was doing. This is, these are promises from God right here. It says, rest in the Lord. Now, why do we have to do this? Because what you're going to want to do, you're going to want to sit up, lay awake, toss and turn, trying to figure out when's this going to happen? How's this going to happen? I want this to get done right now. You know what? You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to worry about that. You're not supposed to fret over that. You're supposed to rest, wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. And so what is the dictionary definition of that word fret? And it does have many definitions, but I think the last three that we see in the Webster's 1828 go along with what the Bible's use. And it means to agitate violently or uh, to agitate, to disturb, to make rough, to cause, to ripple to fret the surface of water, uh, to tease, to irritate, to vex, to make angry. So when the Bible says not to fret, what we need to understand is there are some, we, we should not let evildoers, we shouldn't let those who are prospering in their evil agitate us, anger us, and cause us to, to do evil. And that can be tough sometimes. Fret can also mean to express worry, annoyance, discontent, or the like. And so, or uh, to cause corrosion or to gnaw into something is another definition. And so, uh, another definition is to torment, irritate, annoy, or vex. So again, when you start tormenting yourself with the evil that's going on in the world, when you start vexing yourself, when you start letting it cause you to, uh, cause your spirit to be affected, affected negatively, that's a problem. That is a problem. Let me tell you something. If the wickedness that's going on in this world is an excuse to be, to have a bad attitude, then we've all got an excuse to be a bad attitude because there's a lot of wickedness going on in this world. There's a lot of evil that's going on, but God wants people who have a good spirit. God wants people who are at peace. 
who have joy, who have love, who have all these uh, positive uh, attributes. And so the thing is, though, it is hard. It's sometimes hard to have a good attitude when you see the kind of wickedness going on that's going on in our world today. And it's very easy to fret over it. And so in verse 9, it says, For evildoers shall be cut off, but they that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Okay? Our day's coming. Okay? Where's our representation in Washington, D.C.? Okay? It's not there. Okay? We don't have it. And we didn't have it when Trump was in office either. Okay? We don't have it. But let me tell you, our day's coming. Our day is coming, and we're looking forward to that day. But it's coming. It says, For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. You see, God is not up in heaven looking at the wickedness that's going on in the world, looking at the wickedness that's going on in Washington, D.C., looking at the wickedness that's going on in the religious world. God's not up in heaven looking at that thing. Man, what are we going to do about this? God already knows what he's going to do about it, and he's already seen it. He knows how this ends. God knows exactly how this ends, and so God's not worried about it. Now, you and I, we've been told how it ends, but yet we still fret over it, don't we? What does that mean? That means we're not trusting in the Lord. That means we have a lack of faith. This is not a good thing. And this psalm is one that all of us are going to need at some point in our lives. And probably quite often just to calm ourselves down. I've had to read this psalm before to calm myself down a little bit. And when you feel that righteous indignation building up, just understand it is normal for us to want to see justice, to want to see wrongs made right. But we can never allow ourselves to fret or just be consumed or irritated or, or angered to a point that it starts causing us to sin. That it starts causing us to have that bad spirit and to have attributes that are opposite of what we have been told to have. And it is, it's in times like the ones that we are living in where we must cling to the promises of Psalms like this one. And we should, we should always hate evil, but we shouldn't let it affect our spirit. I, I hope we have a church that hates evil as much as anybody. But I also hope we have a good spirit. I hope we're also people that are happy. That we're not people that when visitors come in here, they see us punching holes in the wall because you know, we're so angry over what's going on you know, in our world today. And, and again, these things should, should make you angry. It, there are some things that are, are legitimate concerns, but God has told us, don't you worry about them. Because... For example, there, there's, there's a lot of things that we could talk about where God has said, I don't want you worrying about these things, or I don't want you fretting over them. So, for example, did you know one thing that we absolutely should not be worrying about or fretting over or consuming, consumed over is whether or not we're going to go to heaven or hell? Do you understand that that would be a real, we'd have a real problem, and you have a problem when you're fretting over that. You know what that tells me? You're not trusting in Christ for your salvation. That means either you don't believe the promises of the Bible, which tells me you're not saved, or it tells me that you must be thinking it's based on what you do. Therefore, you're not saved. So the thing is, I mean, it is, it is a great, great sin. And there's a great problem when people, especially if they call themselves born-again Christians, are sitting around fretting over whether or not they're going to go to heaven or hell. That, 
That's not good. That, that's a real problem. And the truth is, when it comes to salvation, God has commanded. God has demanded that we not worry about it. You know what he said to do if you want salvation? Trust me. Believe on me. That's what he has said to do. So there's a huge problem. But did you know that when it comes to, you know, that our salvation is not the only thing that God has told us not to fret over, that God has told us not to worry about. Just like we understand and we are hardcore that you don't add any works to salvation. Why? Because Jesus did it all. There are other things that God has said, these things are mine. These things are for me. You don't mess with them. There are some things where God wants us to do works. There are things where God wants us to help. But there's other things where God has told us, hands off, that's mine. And whenever we get to where we start putting our hands on those things, we are, we are in great disobedience and it's not a good thing. And so uh, God does not want us fretting over, you know, or whether or not evil will be punished. That's one of the things we're seeing here. God does not want you worried about that. This guy that he's so wicked, I just, I got to make sure he pays. You know, J.B. Pritzker, look at all the problems he's caused for our state. He's got to pay. And I want to be the one to give him the payment, right? That's how we act. You know what? Listen. I, I promise you, God has not called any of you in here to make J.B. Pritzker pay for his sins. And, man, I, you know, if, if the Lord said, you know, I sought for a man among them, you know, to do that, I'd be like, here am I, send me, you know. <laughs> but I don't believe God's going to do that. And so, you know, in the meantime, I can't sit around fretting over whether or not he's going to get punished. I either believe God or I don't. And I promise you guys like him are going to fall under God's judgment. When? I don't know. You know, I hope it's while he's still governor. You know, that, that I, I have very specific ways I would like to see that take place. But, you know, I'm not God. And, and you know, that's not mine. It's his. And God's going to, God's told me, hands off. And so we don't want to be, uh, you know, we, we should be worried about whether it's going to happen. God wants us to believe his promises about judgment, about justice. And sadly, Christians often allow their spirits to be negatively affected by fretting over evildoers or injustice. And that's not right. We've got to learn how to be angry and sin not. And there, you know, and let me just say, there's something physically or mentally wrong with you if you can see what's going on in our government and in our nation and in our world and it not stir up some anger inside of you. I think something's physically or mentally wrong. If you can watch the news and just not get upset about something. But you know what? There's something about there's something wrong with you as a Christian if you let it cause you to fret. If you let it start to eat you up inside, if you let it start agitating you and irritating you to the point where it's negatively affecting your spirit, there is something wrong with you. You're disobeying God. You are you are worrying over something you have been specifically told not to worry over. I mean, folks, I mean, how, I mean, when, when I hear about Biden appointing another tranny into some position of power, yeah, I get angry. Okay, I, I'm not going to lie. That, that stuff fries my gizzard when I see that, you know, as, as they say. And if I let it, it will literally fry my gizzard. I mean, it will literally, I can let it eat at me on the inside. I could let it really negatively affect me, but I've been commanded not to do that. Okay, Buttigieg is going to get what's coming to him. You know, uh, 
Rachel, uh, what's the guy that thinks he's a woman? Uh, whoever he is, he's going to get what's coming to him. I, I promise. And some of y'all still have a bad attitude that didn't make you feel better because I haven't told you when, I haven't told you how. You know what? But I, I'll tell you what the Bible says, wait. And it also says wait patiently. Okay? And let's just take our halos off and admit, we don't really like those verses that often. But they're in the Bible and they're true and they will get what's coming to them. And so I doubt there's, not, there's anyone in here who never frets from time to time. I think we're all guilty of this. But let's just be real honest today and call it what it is when we do it. Because this is what I want to talk about, why, what we are actually doing when we are fretting. Because, you know, just fret not. You know, that's uh, real easy to say, but it, that can kind of be a general thing. But when we do that, when we fret ourselves over injustice, over evildoers, over all these things God has told us not to fret over, in reality, we're doing several things. And the first thing that we're doing is we're just not trusting God. End, end, of, the, end of story right there. We're just not trusting God. And when we got saved, we trusted God to save our souls. But, you know, that's not the only thing that we're supposed to uh, trust God over. We need to trust God with our lives. We need to trust God with evildoers. It says, for they shall soon be cut down and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good and thou shalt dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. So it, we're, we're, it, it's giving us promises. It just keeps saying it in here. They're going to get what's coming to them. And we need to understand that trusting in God means we wait. If, for example, when it comes to trusting God for salvation, okay, we have salvation, but we have the promise of salvation. It's just a promise. Okay, listen, nothing magically, nothing or nothing physically changed when you got saved, did it? You still had the same flesh that you had before. But once you got that promise of salvation, you were given the promise and the guarantee of a glorified body someday, of a resurrection. We've been given the promise of those things. And that's why the Bible says, behold, now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. So we have the promises of those things. But the thing is, what do I, what, what do I have that I could bring to someone and show them, hey, look, I'm going to heaven. All I really have are the promises from the Bible. Physically, I don't have anything. So, you know, in, in reality, when I bring up the Scripture, which is the only thing we should use to prove that we're saved, is this is what the Bible says. Just understand, that's trusting in God. But when it comes to the physical proof, it's not going to come until the resurrection. It's not coming until then. And so until then, you know what we're doing? We're waiting. We're waiting for that. That's what we do as saved people. We're waiting for that and trusting in God, it also means we do what we're supposed to do while we're waiting. There are some things as Christians that you know we are to continually do. Okay, I can decide. All right, I'm going to wait. All right, I'm so sick of all the wickedness that's going on in this world. I'm so sick of all the perversion that's going on in this country. But I've not been called to take the law into my own hands. I've not been called to go into law enforcement or to become a judge or an executioner or something like that. So you know. I'm just going to wait in the Lord. And I can determine to do that today, but you know, I also need to continue on with that tomorrow, don't I? And the next day. And eventually I can change my mind, can't I? And whenever I do change my mind, I start taking the law into my own hands. You know what I've done? I'm disobeying God. I quit 
waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is something that we are supposed to constantly, it's supposed to, we're supposed to constantly and continually do that. And it's very important we keep it up, trusting in God. This is another thing too. It also means we're okay with how God does things. That's that's the other thing too that we struggle with sometimes. Not only are we supposed to understand God's going to take care of it, but I'm also okay with how he handles it. Again, I have my timelines where I want God to deal with things. I want God, I, you know, I've, this is a bad attitude that I'm, and I'm going to cover a little bit later. This is a bad attitude. Okay. I'm working on it, but, uh, I've enjoyed, and it's probably a sin, some of the coverage and, the the about Joe Biden and these classified documents, he's getting hammered by everybody right now. And I'm seeing more and more examples of people not wanting him to run, of Democrats not wanting him to run for re-election. I mean, the way a lot of people are talking, the way this is looking, I think they've got grounds for removing this guy from office. But at the same time, too, it's like, Lord, I like seeing all this bad coming on him, but hold off a little bit because we don't want him to put Kamala in this place. <laughs> we don't want that, you know. And so, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I obviously want something to happen. But at the same time, too, I've got a lot of specifics on that. And guess what? None of those are up to me. And whatever I'm wanting and whatever I'm desiring, ladies and gentlemen, I have absolutely no right to try to make those things come to pass. God's going to deal with it in his way, and he might not do it the way I want to. God might let Kamala become president. I think we deserve it as a country. You know, I'm still begging for mercy, but either way, I'm going to let God do what he wants to do. You know, I'm going to trust God that he's going to be able to hand, that, you know, that he can handle things. And I'm, and so the thing is too, a part of me trusting God with how he does things means I'm going to have a good attitude about it too. How many of you enjoy it as parents when you tell your kids to do something and they do it, but they have a really bad attitude. You tell them to clean their room. And they're clean their room, but they're, you know, mumbling under their breath and, you know, talking about, you know, how they've got it worse than Hebrew slaves and things like that the whole time. I mean, you, yeah, they're obeying you, but that's not how you want them to obey. And so it's like, fine, I'll wait. I won't go take care of business myself. But you're going to be mad about how God's not taking care of business the way you want the whole time. That's not good. God is not okay with that. And so whenever we do, whenever we are fretting ourselves, it's because we are not trusting God. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 19. It says, There fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked. For there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. And isn't it interesting too? Here in Proverbs, it's the same thing. Don't fret. Don't let it eat you up. And then what does it always do? It gives a promise they're eventually going to get what's coming to them. And it's always because of the present situation that we fret. It's, that's always why. We're, we're, we fret because of the present situation. It's not the way we want it to be. But understand, in the end, God's will is going to be done. God's going to take care of evil people. And so we need to make sure we're not fretting ourselves because of evil men. But here's the thing. When we do fret ourselves... The reality is, is that, and and we would never say this, but we're just upset that we're not God. That's all there is to it. Because again, 
if we were God, lightning bolts. That's what would happen. You know, if we were God, ground opens and swallows them all up. I mean, that, that's what I would do right now. And, and, and understand, the universe would be destroyed if we became God. I, I get that. I, I get that. And I do. It, you know, if I was God, I would, and the next time, you know, Congress meets, the ground would swallow up the Capitol building and close right back up. And the universe would cease to exist if I was God. Because, I mean, I, I wouldn't know what I was doing. So in the meantime, since I'm not God, you know, I'm, I need to be okay with the fact that the Capitol is still standing. And that, you know, they're, Biden's still president and all that kind of stuff. I, I've got to be okay with that. But when we do, when we get that bad attitude, we are, we're, just, we're mad that we're not God. We're, we're demanding God handle it in our way and in our time. But Hebrews 10.30 says, For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. And one of the things that belongs to God, folks, our salvation belongs to God. The works for salvation belongs to God. It is, you add to it, you don't get it. And you want to know what else belongs to God? Vengeance. And some things belong to us. Some things God has told us to do, but when it comes to vengeance, God said, it's mine. You keep your hands off of it. It's mine. God has given us a ministry. God has given us the Great Commission. God has given us work to do as Christians. God has given us as a family. God has given me a wife to take care of. He's given me kids to take care of. God has given me a church to pastor. God has given me all kinds of things and, and God allows me to enjoy those things. God allows me to do what I want to do with many of those things. But when it comes to wrongs that are done, even wrongs that are done against me and vengeance is deserved, God has said, that's mine. You keep, your, you keep your hands off of that. That belongs to me. And let me tell you, when we get in the business of going out and getting vengeance for ourselves, we're getting in God's territory. We're messing with God's business that God has told us. You stay away from that. You keep your hands off of that. And when we do that, we're in trouble. And folks, we know that. The Bible's real clear about vengeance. It's His. It's real clear. All right? It doesn't take a theologian to figure that out. But yet, isn't that one of the easiest things to get involved in? That's real easy to get involved in that, and that's disobedience. And we do that because of the fact that we're upset that we're not God. You know, and in reality, too, I mean, do you think you're going to do it better than God? Now, none of us would admit that. I think I can handle my you know, no, None of us would say, I think I can handle my enemies better than God. None of us would say that. But yet, whenever we try to do it, instead of letting God do it, that's what we're basically saying. I can do it better. And that's not right. And so we're all, what we're doing, turn over to Proverbs 24, uh, verse 17. So just a couple of verses back from where we were. It says, I don't like this verse either. Okay? I'm, just, I'm, trying, I'm just trying to be honest right now. These are, these are the kind of verses I look at, and I'm just like, oh, man, it just... Hits me right between the eyes. It says, Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. Lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn his way his wrath from him. And then he says, what we had just looked at, where he says, Fret not thyself because of evil men. See, a lot of times our enemies are. They're actual evil people. 
And, but the God, God said, do not rejoice. And what we're doing, okay, this is what we're doing when we rejoice when our enemy falls. We're trying to include ourselves in an area where God should be getting all the glory. You say, how do we do that? Well, it's, it's kind of like a brother uh, does to his sister sometimes. Uh, I never did anything like this. Don't ask my sisters about this, but I've seen other people's uh, you know, kids do this with their siblings. Uh, my kids would never do anything like this. Uh, but whenever a sister does something to you and then you go tattle and they get in trouble, they get spanked or something. Okay. Now, there's been siblings before that have made sure that their sisters knew that they took great pleasure in the fact that they got in trouble. And, you know, and laughed or smiled at them or, <laughs> or something like that. I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of looks. A lot of you all have bad kids that have obviously done stuff like that before. All right? And I'm just, I'm just kidding around. Right? Obviously, I did that kind of thing all the time. One time, I got spanked for laughing when my sister got spanked. <laughs> so what I did the next time when she got in trouble is I just went. <laughs> and I didn't laugh. You know. And so I, I, I learned how to make faces where it was clear I had pleasure, but it wasn't, you know, it was hard to tattle on. So you just kind of just do this. Or I, I would just make a real straight face. Like on purpose, just dead serious. So it was like I wasn't making a face. I, I shouldn't be saying these things in front of my kids too. I'm giving them ideas. <laughs> but now, and, and you all can relate with that. That's terrible. It, you know, what are we doing? Because obviously I did not have the authority or, to punish my sisters. That was my parents' job to punish my sisters when they did wrong. But I wanted to. I wished I was the parent and had the ability to do that. So when my parents were bringing the hammer down on them, what did I want to do? I wanted to participate in their punishment. I wanted to add to their pain and to their misery. And I would do that by just showing my pleasure. That's bad. Okay. That's, that's really bad when we kind of do that. When we do that kind of thing, turn over to Obadiah. Now, I've preached on this before. This is one of the reasons that the Edomites were just a people that God has indign had indignation on forever. But the Edomites were terrible when it came to Israel. Obviously, there was a lot of hostility between those two nations. And sometimes Israel was in the wrong in some areas. There, you know, there were some legitimate reasons that the Edomites didn't like the Israelites. But the Edomites, unfortunately, their behavior towards them was terrible and here in obadiah this is referring to after the babylonian captivity when israel got taken captive in babylon we all understand they were being punished by god god was punishing them israel was getting what they deserved but listen to what god said about edom it says for thy violence against thy brother jacob shame shall cover thee and thou shalt be cut off forever in the day that thou stoodest on the other side in the day that the strangers carried away captive his horses and foreigners entered into the gates and cast lots upon Jerusalem. Even thou was as one of them. But thou shouldst not have looked on the day of thy brother in the day that he became a stranger. Neither shouldst thou have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction. Neither shouldst thou have spoken proudly in the day of distress. Well, why not? I mean, God was punishing them. I'm just rejoicing in God's judgment. No, no, you're not. You're just glad that they're getting in trouble because you don't like them. And it's that he's saying, you shouldn't have looked. It says, thou shouldst not have entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Yea, thou shouldst not have looked on their affliction 
in the day of their calamity, nor have laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. Neither shouldst thou have uh, stood in the crossway to cut off those that did escape. Neither shouldst thou have delivered up those of his that did remain in the day of his distress. The Edomites, they, they weren't powerful enough. They knew they couldn't go after Israel themselves. They couldn't do anything with Israel. But when the Babylonians came, when, when, they, when these enemies of God came and they brought destruction and punishment to Israel, the Edomites decided we're going to get involved and they kind of took advantage of them at a low point. And God's saying, you shouldn't have even looked. Yeah, I was judging them, but you know what? It had nothing to do with you. It was none of your business. You should have stayed out of it. But the Edomites, they had so much hatred for Israel, they wanted to see it. They were kind of like Jonah after he preached in Nineveh. He was going to wait and see if God was going to destroy the city because he wanted to see it. And that's not, that's not a good attitude. Now, folks, let's just be honest. You know, some, some of you, some of us, you know, if, if we did, you know, if we heard about San Francisco falling into the bay or something like that, you know, we'd be like, we're going to go watch the news. We, we got to watch out for stuff like that, okay? I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's all bad. You can, you can, there's examples of rejoicing in these things, but here, here's what I'm, I'm saying. Are we rejoicing because we love God's justice or are we rejoicing because we're glad our enemies just getting what's coming to them? There, there is a righteous way to do it, but I'm not convinced that that's what we're doing all the time. A lot of times it's just because of our own personal dislike and hatred for someone. That's why we're glad to see these things happen. Not because we're rejoicing for God's sake. Okay, And if you are, I'm glad you're that spiritual. I'm not 100% convinced that I would be that way. I'm not, I'm not convinced of that. Psalms 137.7 referring to the same thing. As Obadiah says, Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. What's, what's that talking about? When the Babylonians were going through and they're destroying Jerusalem, when they're destroying their temple, the Edomites, you know what they're doing? They're cheering them on. They're encouraging them. In, in, in this. Why? Because they hated Israel so much. And again, Israel was getting punished. But you know, you don't want your kids doing that. You know, while, while you want your kids to support you, while you want them to honor you and your authority, do you really want your kid when there's when your sisters when they're when their sisters getting spanked to be standing there in the room with you? <laughs> you know. It, it, I, hey, I'm just rejoicing in your righteous judgment, Dad. Isn't that what we say we're doing? Hey, listen, I believe parents have the right to punish their children. Hey, the Bible says that we shouldn't spare the rod. And you know what, Dad? You are a righteous man of God right now. You're a righteous parent. You know, hey, because the thing is, they're not going to do the same thing when they're getting spanked. That's not, you, know, you know what they're going to do then? They're going to beg for mercy. And so let's, let's just admit it, okay? We can go to all the verses about God's righteous judgment, rejoicing and all that, and we can pretend when we're dancing on the graves of our enemies that we're all righteous and like David and all that kind of thing. No, I think you're like the brother cheering on his parents, spanking his sister, just because you're just rotten. That, that's what I think. And so it's, uh, understand Edom should not have been doing that because here's the thing too. While Edom is cheering on what Babylon's doing, it goes on to say, O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed. Again, 
God used Babylon to punish Israel, but did you know that God punished Babylon for what they did to Israel? Because they were, they were God's people. And again, God used a wicked nation to punish his people. And it says, O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. So again, this was evil, what was being done to Israel, even though it was them being under God's judgment. And the Edomites should not have been standing there cheering it on. Okay? And again, murder is wrong. Okay? People shouldn't go around murdering people. And it's hard, you know, like if you hear about a bad person, you know, getting murdered, that might be God's judgment on them. But do we really want to praise and encourage more lawlessness? I can't help it. I'm happy. It was a bad person. I know. I know. And sometimes... Sometimes you literally, you know, I hear about things going on with wicked people in the world and I literally have to sit there and like, you know, it's like, you know, don't laugh, don't get excited. But because it's, it is, it's not necessarily this right, you know, love for the righteous judgment of God. It's just good. Some people I don't like are getting nailed. That that's not the right attitude. And so again, you can tell yourself you're rejoicing for God's sake, but I'm, I'm just not convinced. I, I'm not always convinced. Maybe you're more spiritual than I am. Maybe you never did stuff like that to your brothers or sisters growing up. But I, I know with myself, I'm not always convinced. And I do, I often have to search my heart. We love that verse in the Bible that says, do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee. But we don't really care for that verse right after that where it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. And again, there, there's a way to righteously do that kind of stuff. But how often do we say, search me, O God, and know my heart? Is it for the right reason? Is it the right kind? Uh, is it the right kind of hatred? And so when we hear about justice being done, we should thank God, we should praise the Lord, but we might want to be careful publicly dancing on the graves of people. We might be just trying to capitalize on that, on that moment. You know, somebody goes and does something negative to us, says bad things about us, you know, and then something bad happens to them. You know, I, I might think God's punishing them for what they did to me. I might think that, that might cross my mind, and it might even be true. But I probably shouldn't make a YouTube video announcing it. I probably shouldn't do that. Because I think that's kind of me, you know, rejoicing in bad that, that's happening to people. That's rejoicing in injustice or whatever. We, we don't want to do that. And so without a doubt, there is a lot going on in the world today that could easily cause us to fret if we let it. But we have to make sure we don't. We need as Christians to have a good spirit. We need to have the joy of the Lord. We need, and we need God on our side. And the last thing we need to do is get all concerned with God's business. And punishing evildoers, that's God's business. And I think a good way to illustrate it is this way, and I'll close with this. If you have an employee, and every time you tell him to do something, you have to sit around worrying about whether or not he's going to get it done or not, then... You know, you probably, that, that tells me you think that you have a sorry employee. You think he's not very good at his job, and you may very well be right. Now, listen, God is not our employee, but there are some things that God takes care of for us. God has told us, that's mine. Your soul, it's mine. Vengeance, it's mine. That punishing evildoers, you know, doing all these things. These things are mine. I will do that for you. And when we sit around and when we fret over these things, you know what it does? It shows a negative opinion about God. That's what we're doing. 
You, you know, and, and, and maybe you do that too. You've got that employee. Yeah, it's just easy for me to do it myself. And that's kind of how we are with God. You know what? He's not doing things like I want, want him to. In, in my time, I'm just going to take care of business myself. That's not right. That is not right because first, again, God is not our employee. We are not his boss. And even though there might be things that are ours, like there has been wrong done to us, it's not our place to get vengeance. It's God's place. And so if we can trust God with our eternal souls, we should be able to trust him to take care of our enemies. And he has commanded us to do that. And I do think that... uh, it's it's the evildoers and wickedness that's going on in the world. I think that's one of the biggest things we let ourselves fret over. And then we do. We get bad attitudes. You know, we just we don't want to just be these bad attitude IFB types that are just angry all the time and hate everybody. You know, it's easy. We have excuse to be that way. Yeah, I got a bad attitude. You know, because I'm against sin. You know, and we can pound our chest about how spiritual we are. I'm glad you're against sin, but I think you're fretting. I think you're fretting right now and it's consuming you and it's, it's controlling you and we just we can't let it do that and we've got to maintain that good spirit. And so with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray this message was a help and encouragement to everybody and just a reminder, Lord, you are going to take care of the evildoers on this world one of these days. And so, Lord, in the meantime, I pray you'll just help us to make sure we're always doing the right thing, uh, that we're taking a proper stand against evil, but we will uh, leave the things that are yours to you. And in the midst of this crooked and perverse nation, help us to have uh, the right spirit and attitude and to be angry, but without sin. In your name we pray. Amen.